This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey there, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to another show or another episode, depending on how you how you hear uh, this show, you hear this uh, content. Uh, tonight's show is a Vesta show. And uh, I'll, I'll explain why and how this happened. But during the course of that, I'm going to do a quick a karmic overview of the uh, the chart of the younger of the two brothers who were convicted of the uh, of the Boston Marathon bombing just about two years ago. He was uh, – the younger of the brothers um, was found – uh, guilty of all 30 counts uh, on which, to which, in which, by which he was charged, uh, today was found guilty. So I want to do that. And um, I have actually I have some really key announcements to tell you about that I keep forgetting to tell you. The, the first one is that I'm instituting or I'm introducing or initiating, perhaps I'm ushering in a new feature to the show, which is the last Wednesday of every month will be a reading – for a live reading on the air for a lucky winner of a drawing that will happen every month. So you're going to email me each month to enter this drawing. Around the middle of the month, I'm going to pick a winner. And then at the end of the month, we're going to do a show. If you live in a time zone in which uh, that, you know, that, that makes a live reading certainly not possible, that's fine. Uh, in that case, we can arrange for a pre-record. But um, it's not drawing a winner, and then me lecturing about the chart for an hour. It's a conversation where you can ask whatever question you want about current events, about the past, about emotional healing, about your karmic story, about life purpose, about some perplexing issue. Anyway, the details on that are in my blog. You can go uh, read about that. Uh, You can email me with a subject line, TSJ, which of course – (laughs) <laughs> the Soul's Journey. Uh, TSJ Monthly Drawing. You can email Tom at tdjacobs.com. Again, around the 15th of each month. Now, when I get the entry, I will email you to say, yes, I got this. So you can have that, you know, that confirmation. Yeah, then I'll draw in around the middle of the month. So, so today is the 8th, meaning uh, just about in a week, I'll be drawing the first, uh, the first winner. So make sure that you draw that. Anybody can, uh, do this. Anybody can do this. Um, great. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you on the show the last Wednesday of some month. That's the first announcement. Um, the second announcement um, is that plans are finalized for the Vancou- two Vancouver's and a Portland trip, which begins on, uh, on uh, April 17th. So it's a little over a week till I fly to Vancouver, BC. Um, the 17th, through the 19th, I'm doing uh, the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo at the PE Forum. And uh, 
I'll be doing 15-minute readings, short readings. I'll also have programmed crystals. I'm doing two uh, talks as well on different topics. And, um, yeah, I'll have some books there, and I'll be in the booth uh, talking to people about my work and answering questions. Uh, so drop by if you are in uh, Vancouver in the environment and, uh, and want to say hi and check in. Monday the 20th, the day following uh, the last day of the expo, I'll be doing a channeling event for a group through a meetup in Burnaby which is right next door to Vancouver, as you probably know if you're in that area. And so look up Akashic Records with Teza, T-E-Z-A, in Meetup, if you're in Vancouver, to find this event. It's Monday, April 20th at, um, at 7 p.m. Hold on one second. I have to close the window. Somebody's yelling outside. Hold on. I know. I'd, we'd both rather hear coyotes, but there's a guy. I don't know if he dropped something on his foot or what. Uh, it's a very different kind of sound. So that's uh, the 20th, and then I'm available to do readings in Vancouver during the week, readings and also energy work sessions. I'm staying in Burnaby, so that's where I'll be doing that. So that's pretty exciting, and then I go on uh, the 27th. I go to Portland, Oregon for one week, and um, I'm available for readings again all week. And then on uh, Saturday the 2nd, May 2nd, and Sunday, May 3rd, I'm doing two different meditation energy work, heart-opening events, Saturday the 2nd in downtown Portland at uh, Yoga on Yamhill, and uh, that is on relationships and boundaries. It's a meditation workshop, but it's really going to get down into your, your field to calibrate some things about how you interact with other people and how they interact with you and how to clean some things up. And then uh, Sunday at uh, Flow Hot Yoga in Vancouver, Washington, I will be doing a heart-opening, grounding, and energy-clearing meditation. So I'm really excited about those things. Then I'll head back on the 4th to Tucson, Tucson, my home. So um, let me see. What other announcements? Big trip. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, yeah. I'm also interested in, uh, in collecting uh, some audio, primarily audio, but perhaps video testimonials that you might want to share. Um, uh, I'm going to be using them for some promotional things, and I'd love to get 30 to second, 60, 30 to 60 second uh, MP3s uh, from those of you I've worked with who really feel like you benefited from uh, what you've done with me, whether that's through working with a program crystal or a meditation event or receiving energy work or an evolutionary astrology consultation or whatever it is. Uh, I'd love to, to hear from you. Be in touch uh, with me at tom at tdjacobs.com. Uh, to discuss that if you have questions. But I think a lot of us have the capability, especially if you're hearing this uh, somehow, to uh, to record an MP3 or some other format that I can actually uh, reformat or transfer into, into an MP3. So those are, uh, those are the announcements. Um, Vesta is going to, to be revealed to be a really important archetype. Now, how I, how I know this is that it was promoted from Asteroid in two, May 2012 by, by, the, uh, by the astronomers who, who name things and classify things. I think that's the official name of the committee. Um, from a- Asteroid to protoplanet, or maybe I can say dwarf planet as well, just recognizing its size. So Ceres in 2008 had been promoted while Pluto was demoted because Ceres and Pluto are not that dissimilar in size, as it turns out. Um, I still treat Pluto as a planet. I still 
call series and asteroids sometimes, but I recognize that uh, this dwarf planet is there. So, so anyway, Vesta was promoted a little over four years later. And, uh, you know, when a body is named, a planet or a body is named by astronomers, the astronomical community, it points at the, the, the fact that, that the collective is ready to begin working with this archetype or have this new astrological, mythological, psychological vocabulary word added in. So then astrologers always respond. And so, you know, um, a little over 10 years ago, we're, we were all looking at what this uh, new dwarf planet was going to be, and it turned out to be Eris, but it has a numerical, or it had a numerical designation first. And we were all kind of waiting for it to be named so that we could uh, go to our, um, well, not even our mythology books, but go to mythology websites uh, and uh, look up, you know, the story and apply it and work with it in charts. And so, uh, so Vesta being promoted says that as a collective, we're ready, at least in my, my view, that we're ready to uh, see it in a new way and work with it uh, in, in new ways. The Vesta is covered as one chapter in my book, Living Myth, Exploring Archetypal Journeys. Um, but I want to go down some different uh, avenues uh, today that that uh, you know that is that are not covered in that in that book. Um, and along the way, I, I mentioned doing the chart of the uh, uh, Sarnayev uh, youngster who's uh, who's got uh, some heavy sentencing uh, coming regarding the Boston Marathon bombings. Uh, it's actually in his chart, square his nodal axis. Which, which is very important uh, from Pisces, square the Gemini South node. I'll give you his data a little bit later on. Um, so this archetype of Vesta, I think, well, just in general, when, when we work with either asteroid goddesses or other asteroids that we may add in, it's, it's really easy to go with a couple of keywords or a key phrase and then kind of run with that. And not always go into a great amount of depth about 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 it. And one of the reasons is that we have this precedent for using the planets that, you know, the archetypes associated with the planets that we can see with the naked eye, right? So we talk about sun, moon, out through Saturn. And then we have also the mythological stories added, you know, in later in recent centuries with, you know, uh, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and then, okay, yeah, adding Chiron in 1977. So we have this precedent of going really in depth, and, and wonderful astrology obviously has been done for thousands of years without a bunch of asteroids thrown in. <laughs> but so now, suddenly, instead of, you know, eight, nine, ten things, I've got how many things? Like, suddenly, I've, if I had ten, suddenly I have 14. You know, so, so it really changes the game when you add in, for example, the, the four main asteroid goddesses. And, and those are the first four asteroids uh, discovered and named. And they are um, Ceres, Juno, uh, Pallas, Athene, and Vesta. I may have the order incorrect, but those are the four. I know Ceres is, is, is first and uh, Vesta is the fourth. So it's easy to just use a keyword. And in my own practice, the way I think astrologically, I do use a keyword and then I make a story. So I encourage you to learn about these archetypes and don't put a lot of pressure on yourself right away at the outset to know everything there is about them. Just, you know, right now, if you're adding an asteroid goddesses, you probably already have the other archetypes uh, pretty solidly, you know, in, in your understanding. So these are adding things in. So don't expect to be 
really knowledgeable before practice and before exploring uh, different uh, conceptions of what these energies are about. Um, Vesta is the Roman name for this hearth goddess, and her Greek name and, and the archetype is somewhat similar, is Hestia. But of course, uh, Roman uh, Roman mythology comes to us uh, later, right? So it's it's more recent in our collective uh, memory in certain ways. So she's the hearth goddess. There's this image of the hearth, which is the center of a home. And one of the things that you and I don't get or wouldn't naturally understand right off the bat because of our conditioning is that uh, the hearth, which is the fire – and then, of course, the kitchen is there. That's the center of the home. And what we don't we don't understand uh, that some of our ancestors spent a great deal of time focusing on, uh, f- you know, finding and producing food on a regular basis without certain without many of the kinds of storage methods that we have now. So things could be cured and dried, and and uh, you, you know, different things can be done. But we don't have. Um, perpetually running freezers and the ability to uh, make certain things ahead of time and to have a constant stream of food coming from, um, you know, the, the store with the bright lights that gives you a headache, like, you know, the grocery store, this readily constantly available source of food is not a normal part of human history. This is a recent, you know, a recent uh, thing. More, much more recent thing than than this than this uh, the emotional and spiritual psychology of Vesta has been invested with. <laughs> there's a there's a linguistic link there too. Um, so a great deal of time is spent around the center of the home because of food and also warmth. Fire cooks, but also fire uh, creates heat. So the kitchen becomes the center of the home, and and just I have a Cancer South note, and it certainly was like that for me, but it's not like that for everybody, um, where the, where most of the the family conversations happened in the kitchen uh, when I was growing up. I'll say, okay, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to forgive me because I've been having floods of Cancerian South node, <laughs> Cancerian lunar uh, memories the last few days for different reasons. Uh, with but Pluto transit moved into my fourth house, and my um. My progress moon's in Cancer, squaring my natal Pluto Venus. So I'm having all these, all these memories, including um, my mom sending me some stuff in the mail that brought up some, like a, a whole torrent of, of memories. So, so anyway, so I might be a little distracted by that kind of thing uh, regarding this this hearth and home. Um, so the center of the community, the center of the home, and um, one of these one of these old timey ideas is that. The community itself, like uh, Vesta's temple, might be the first one that goes up, and the community is arranged around it, or the or the hearth goddess um, uh, thing being devoted to the eternal flame is something that actually persists in different uh, certain different religions and different traditions. This idea that we have to devote ourselves to make sure, making sure this flame never goes out. So, as a consequence, um, one of the main keywords for Vesta that I use is devotion. Now. With Juno, the, one of the other asteroids, I talk about commitment. And, this, and a commitment in, the, in terms of Juno is when you decide to commit to something. With Vesta, the energy is completely different. It's about devotion. 
you feel in your heart aligned with something, you must surrender to serve something, a principle, a cause, a person, a group, uh, a community. With Vesta energy, you find that you are devoted to something or that you are inclined to be devoted to it. You don't make a choice. Well, you don't make a choice to be devoted. One of the things that happens with Vesta is all or nothing. And when wherever Vesta is in our charts, we, we can't do it halfway. We might um, not do something that we take very seriously and that we think is very important because we don't want to do it injustice. Uh, it's time for the first break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Tonight is all about Vesta. Uh, stick with me. I'll be right back. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back. This is The Soul's Journey, and my name is your pal, Tom Jacobs, from tdjacobs.com. I didn't mention this for, for those of you who are maybe listening for the first time. I didn't mention this at the top of the hour. What I do is I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel, and I combine all these things, and uh, sometimes magic happens, which is very cool. Uh, but I do readings. I do sessions. You can find out more about what I'm up to and contact me and book readings uh, through tdjacobs.com. Uh, I think on every show I make a point of saying what I do at the top, at least the last few months, and I just blanked today because I was uh, 
I was being very Vesta-like, <laughs> being very devoted to the Vesta topic. Um, so this notion of, of devotion, you would never do it halfway. And you, you, you probably even know somebody who's very good at something. Uh, not, not that it uh, perhaps comes easily or you know, it seems inborn, but the person may have worked very hard to develop a skill or to do something. This could be sport or music or anything. It could be anything. And that person um, might not do it. And you might say, oh, man, if I could do that, believe me, I'd still be doing it. Because what a wonderful talent to have developed. What, what, what wonderful skills. Those people are probably – are often Vesta people because they can't devote time and energy and focus to it to really do it justice. And so, uh, you know – Anyway, it's just just one image to to work with people you know, and then if you have their chart data, you can look at, you can look. I actually encourage you um, when you're doing research, and this might be obvious to to most of you, but when you're doing research on a new archetype, pick ten or twenty charts of people you know pretty well, and look where this thing is in their charts, so you can start to develop a vocabulary because you already know the people, you already know the charts without this symbol. But as you add that in, um, you can kind of see how it comes out and start to play with it. So it's a really fantastic uh, research research tool. So I'll just tell you, my Vesta is in the ninth house in Gemini conjunct Saturn. So so Saturn, of course, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a philosopher. Saturn in the ninth house, kind of how my work has has um, has developed. And uh, definitely in teaching and, and doing right brain work, intuition, you know, in the ninth house. Uh, it's in Gemini, so learning, teaching, doing stuff like you're listening to uh, right now. And um, But it's with Saturn. And Saturn is already pretty unbending, and Vesta is kind of unbending. So whatever it is that I would take seriously regarding ideas, we, we could assume, I um, will really take it seriously. And I really um, was able to laugh at myself and start to relax about it when I, when I started doing uh, research on Vesta and, and developing this vocabulary because if I meet friends of friends or I meet people and they say, what do you do? And I say, I'm an astrologer. And they say, guess my sign. Um, my first response is, please stop wasting both of our time. <laughs> like My response is, that, that's, just, that's just stupid. Well, it's a playful thing where people will get to know you. And so what I do is I bite my tongue and I kind of stammer and I say, well, I, I don't do that kind of thing. I help people with issues and help them make their lives better. But it's like I can't even joke about it. And that, and that is a Vesta in the ninth thing. Like whatever you know, belief system or, or, or system of ideals that I, that I would find you – know, take seriously, I'm you know, completely taking it seriously. Um, I do want to give you a sense of how it's going to play out in different signs and different houses. I think that's that's really useful. I'm not going to do every sign in every house, um, but but I will uh, give you an idea. And this is kind of like, regardless of what's happening in the rest of the chart, realize this sense of devotion will inspire a sense of focus. Is one way to look at at Vesta when it actually plays out in people's charts. So if you have Vesta in the second house, for example, this is a fixed house, the house of uh, self-reliance and self-esteem. And you might have other things in the chart that that contradict this, but with Vesta in the second house, there's going to be incredible focus on skills. 
and taking the value system, in other words, what one finds important and how one wants to live life, extremely seriously. So you might have a bunch of other indications in the chart about mutability, you know, the different mutable signs. You might have um, curiosity and flexibility indicated everywhere else in the chart. But when it comes to how this person uses his or her money, Vesta will speak. Or how this person, um, you know, for example, studies for an important test, Vesta will come into play. And, and Vesta, in that sense of devotion and dedication, can bring focus regarding that set of life issues, second house stuff, money, possessions, self-esteem, self-reliance, values, and kind of override certain other indicators in the chart. And that's true of every chart with different symbols that indicate things. But with Vesta, there's always a sense of focus and dedication. So if that, if that Vesta um, were in Capricorn in the second house, then that Vesta would work through the lens of Saturn. So it would be second house stuff being done in a Capricorn way. Is, is is how I how I think of it, and Capricorn is about the long haul, and it's about being methodical, and uh, building something that lasts. So this person would only be open to doing things that would help him or her get somewhere in the long term, build something in the long term. So this would be the signature, which was absolutely no frivolity of any kind for any reason. In the second house, we get very clear about our value system and trim away non-essentials. We focus on survival or developing something. And in Capricorn, uh, similarly, there's no, there's no extra stuff in there. Very goal can be very goal oriented. Now in the second house, if that, um, uh, Vesta instead were in Pisces, then Vesta would be working through the lens of Pisces, through the lens of Neptune. So it's still Vesta working about the value system and self-esteem and, and skills and, and uh, self-reliance. But in that case, it would be, it would be devoted devotion to relaxing into what is true and real about self-reliance and, and, uh, and skills. So the value system, it wouldn't be somebody working to build something. It would be somebody very devoted to surrendering to a truth about the self and values, the, the Pisces difference. So just changing it up to another house in the seventh house, the house of the other, the house of relationships, um, the sense of dedication uh, and devotion may not be owned by the person. And planets we have in the seventh house Opposite the first house, the house of self. Planets in the seventh house, we may we may not know how to own it. We don't know how to activate that in ourselves. And we don't – and this is the key part. We don't know how to own this part. We don't know how to be this part, dot, 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 without somebody else bringing it out or stimulating it within us. Planets in the seventh house are – most susceptible to creating a vacuum or the vacuum effect <laughs> um, where if you don't use an energy, you draw other people in who have that energy very strongly and then you just may let them be that energy for you, but it may not be comfortable. So if Vesta's in the seventh house, the person may not know quite what to be devoted to. Now, there could be a strong first and second house sense of purpose and self. There could be a strong uh, 11th house goals you know, and in creating the future could be ambition in the 10th house or the first house, a strong work ethic, you know, in different places. 
but if the person has vested in the seventh, he or, he or she may not know what to be devoted to or how to maintain focus on that, you know, to tend in the eternal flame of, of what matters most. So in the seventh house, if that were happening through Aries, the person may draw Aries-type people who do have devotion, bold, uh, strong-willed, uh, people who do things, who who, who initiate things, uh, warrior types, rescuers, uh, you know, saviors, uh, EMT, paramedic types, firefighters. Uh, you know that the person might draw those kind of people who are devoted to doing things in an Aries way or to the, the Arian way of being, the Aries way of being. Um, if it were in, uh, uh, let's see, just pick an. Oh my gosh, am I going to remember another sign? Um, Aquarius. Uh, then the thing, you know, then it would be um, Vesta working again, drawing another person in the seventh house, but working through this lens of being original. So goals, but also independence. So this person might actually draw other people who are very independent and detached. <laughs> and there could be something else in the chart that says, I love togetherness, but if Vesta is an Aquarius in the seventh, then there's this, this other person gets drawn who, who may need to show this person. And this is the thing with all seventh house placements. We need another person to show us this part of ourselves so that we can then own it. So if somebody with vest in the seventh and any sign doesn't really feel motivated to do something or doesn't really have a sense of devotion to something, um, what can happen is uh, everybody else around him or her does. The point would be that the person sees you know, how to do it or the value of doing it or that it's important. But just because a planet's in the seventh doesn't mean that that part of the self is not real. It just means that person might not know how to own it. So you can think about that actually with any of your seventh house placements. Um, Vesta in the tenth house, <laughs> Vesta, uh, the person can be a symbol of Vesta at work, in the community, or from afar. The thing with the 10th house is that it's how we appear to others from a distance and how we wish to. So this is idea of uh, the, the appearance we want to give or the image we want to present and also how people actually see us from afar. They don't know us well, but they have an idea. Uh, like you and I are having a 10th house relationship right now. You see me in a 10th house way. I do talk about myself personally on the show, but you don't really know what I'm thinking. You don't really know all the things I don't tell you, and that's a tenth house thing. You're you're receiving this, you know, information or this radio show, or this podcast, in, you know, through this public channel, and so you are seeing my tenth house self. So it's kind of like that. Oh yeah, Jacobs, he does this, but you don't know what my favorite color is. No, I'm not going to tell you. You don't know what my favorite meal is. I'm not going to tell you. But anyway, all those private things are private. So with Vesta in the tenth house, a person may be a symbol for others. Of Vesta energy. Now, if you look at the tenth house in a in a simplistic way and say it's about your work, no work is part of it, but it's not the whole story. But if you look at it that way, you will see that Vesta, in some way, defines that person's job: service, devotion, dedication, uh, picking one thing and working toward it without wavering. With somebody with Vesta in the tenth. You know, the, a friend of uh, hers might say, "Sounds like that that job 
you keep telling me about just isn't working. And the person says, and the vest in the 10th person says, but we're doing good work. And the friend says, well, well, that's cool, but it doesn't sound like you like the environment or your boss or your office or the schedule or the salary <laughs> or the commute. And the Vesta person says, I just really think it's important what we're doing. <laughs> That's Vesta in the 10th. <laughs> um, now, if Vesta's in, in uh, let's just say, the 8th house, this is an interesting placement because there's something about Vesta I haven't mentioned yet. Um, uh, it, it, Vesta's in the 8th house. The 8th house is, is where there's par- parts of life in which we reveal our depth to another person. And it's, it's not obvious right away. So in the first house, in the 10th house, these things are kind of, kind of obvious. On the seventh house, we, we, we find it obvious with other people. We say, oh, yes, I know what that energy is. Everybody else but in the world except myself has that, that quality <laughs> you know, or that behavior. But in the eighth house, it's the house of intimacy. And we don't – like if you walk up to me on the street, you will not see my eighth house. You have to really get to know me and the same with me for anybody else. We don't show the eighth house. So Vesta there will be activated when trust is established. This is kind of an interesting thing also because one of the threads of Vesta that I think is kind of sometimes challenging for some of us to think about because of how we've been conditioned culturally, but one of the if you've ever heard of the, the category of priestesses called Vestal Virgins from ancient Rome, um, this is what this is about, Vestal Virgins. They are priestesses of the goddess Vesta. And there are some things that have been a little misunderstood and, and, and twisted for the purposes of propaganda over the last couple thousand years uh, because of how um, – Judeo-Christian culture treats sexuality and how it, Judeo-Christian culture, uh, you know, old-timey culture, essentially wants to restrict sexual activity to procreation so that you can, um, you know, produce more offspring to be inculcated into the Judeo-Christian belief system. And this is the point of sexuality. Like, it's not a natural part of who you are. It's a way that you can serve this idea of this idea of who God is, this white white guy, old white guy God sitting on some marble throne, hitting out gold stars and demerits if you have sex in the right way at the right times for the right reasons and never other times. So, anyway, the Vestal Virgins, the whole thing about virgin needs to be redefined as well. And our, our modern conception of that has strayed from you know because of our fears about. Uh, our youth being valuable enough to be married off in the right ways so we can increase our social position. See, you can see that I'm kind of reaching behind me to grab one of like an array of five soapboxes that I keep, I drag around with me all the time about this, but I'm not going to do it. You can read uh, Living Myth, <laughs> the, the, the chapter on that to really get into that. Also read the Lilith book, uh, Lilith Healing the Wild to get into this too. Uh, from the Lilith standpoint, it's really hard for me to stay focused right now because that's usually what I'm focused on. Um, 
but this thing about the virgins is that they are not uh, owned by any man. They are priestesses of the goddess. They serve these 30-year terms. They, they take these vows to do this. But, but before this, the same class of people are doing sexual healing work. And this is what is something that's, that's really hard for us. Now I can get back on track. Wow. Uh, it's, it's sometimes hard for us to work with because we, we all want sex to be – to include or to have this possibility of healing. But we're also all cycling through um, the cultural thing about patriarchal sex having gone off the rails. Read Lilith Healing the Wild for the whole for the full deal on patriarchal sex. Um, but one of the things that's important uh, with this history, this so before they're called Vestal Virgins, this class of priestesses of this of this goddess, um, they help purify the community in different ways, including uh, warriors when they come back from battle. And this is sexual healing. And the point is you want to cleanse people before they re- – cleanse warriors who have been in battle before they come into the community. Judeo-Christian stuff doesn't view sex as a tool for healing. So part of our minds go, wait a minute, what? But then part of our heart says, yes, I know that's true. And, and so there's this kind of thing that happens with Vesta here. With Vesta in the 8th – this is where all this is going. <laughs> Vesta in the 8th house – there is um, the potential to take very seriously intimacy of all kinds, including word communication, but, but all kinds of intimate communication and sharing together as a route to being of service to the divine, which is another – this idea of devotion is that we see the divine in, in something or we derive a connection from the divine through some process or work. That's the Vesta idea. So with Vesta in the eighth, we don't see the person's Vesta all the time. We only see Vesta in that person when trust is established, when that person feels, uh, you know, like he or she can can open and is willing is willing to do so. So stick with me. Uh, this is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey, and I will be right back with more on Vesta. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. 
You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, tonight it's about Vesta, about dedication, the hearth goddess, devotion, and uh, taking something so seriously as a route to being of service to the divine or being connected to all of humanity, something like that, that it, uh, we can't do it halfway, and it might be really hard for us to joke about it. So um, – uh, so I went through a couple of, I guess, three houses and uh, I guess four different signs uh, before the break. I want to I want to shift gears into um, looking at uh, uh, Jahar Tsarnaev, um, who is the younger of the two brothers who, uh, uh, well, produced. Ah, oh, that's weird. They produced the. Uh, uh, Boston Marathon bombings two years ago. That's weird. They produced it. They did. They got all the stuff together. They made it happen. They produced it. Um, they get producer credit. I want to give you his uh, his birthday to July twenty second, nineteen ninety three. We don't have a birth time, so just use twelve noon hypothetical. That's what I have here in astro dot com. Uh, again, July twenty second, nineteen ninety three. Um, I know it's Kyrgyzstan, but I don't know the city, so I just picked where he at least grew up he or spent years as a child he may not have been born but it's a, a tokmok t-o-k-m-o-k kyrgyzstan again t-o-k-m-o-k kyrgyzstan and again no angles no rising uh, so we don't know that but when we look at this look at this chart the first thing that i i always go for pluto right pluto's in scorpio and so he's got some lifetimes of, of seeking intensity and trying to figure out a how to um how to deal with the truth and how to um, deal with power. Uh, well, today he was convicted or found guilty. So I keep doing that. He's found guilty of all 30 counts with which he was charged related to the, the marathon bombing two years ago. His brother uh, was killed in a shootout with police several days uh, after, uh, the, after the event um, because they were found and then chased <laughs> and uh, car chases and gunfights. Um, but he survived and here you have this uh, almost uh, doe-eyed uh, Cancerian uh, youth. I mean, you just look at his picture and you just say, oh, he did that? Um, apparently, it's said by uh, some other uh, – some friends of of his that he followed his brother around. His brother um, seems to have perhaps have been, had a, a somewhat dominant personality or at least had vision. 
Um, well, well, when we get into um, uh, the younger brother's charge, Jahar, the one who's uh, awaiting sentencing now, um, well, I said I go straight to Pluto, intensity, power struggles, whatever. And then I go to the node, south node in Gemini. Uh, but really, this is about Vesta at 11 Pisces, square the 11 degree degree Gemini South node. And so I was wondering, um, I did hear a, just a little bit of a news story that, that actually I was guided to go to um, a uh, news website. And when that happens, who knows what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> when I'm guided to go, just see whatever, whatever catches my eye and I just kind of go on a little breadcrumb trail that leads us to doing the show on Vesta. Um, but I saw that uh, this, you know, he's you know, convicted or oh, man, ah, he's uh, found guilty of all 30 counts. So I, I said, oh, let me look up his chart. So I found his chart and there's Vesta square the nodes. And I said, well, that's interesting. So um, just, just for those of you who may not know how I look at a square to the nodes, the nodes are the, the south node of the moon specifically is about our, our karmic conditioning. And it's what our soul chooses for us. What kind of family environments, what kind of karmic incubator, what kind of communi community will we grow up within? So there's something about our ancestry, our family of origin, and also our community that has to do with the South Node. It's our comfort zone. It's where we prefer being. And when we're stressed, we will retreat to that. A square to the nodes is about 90 degrees. And that means there's something unresolved. We don't know how to do this thing in a way that creates health and happiness. So we may there may be nine or ten key or core principles about the energy square of the nodes. We might be really good at half of them. We might be expert at six or eight of them even. But whatever we haven't yet uh, been exposed to or learned how to do, we really need to add to our repertory to break uh, this karmic patterning that has us sticking our foot in our mouths uh, every time we do the thing. And with a square to the nodes, what often happens is – we do it over and over and over again and then say, but I just did it the same way 40 times in a row. Why didn't it work? Well, obviously it doesn't work, but we don't get that. So we have to make new choices. Best to square the nodes says what I am devoted to does not get me health and happiness. <laughs> uh, Vesta is retrograde, which says that he's got to come up with the right way to develop what is uh, – the right way to develop an awareness of what is worth being devoted to. And it's in Pisces, so he needs to surrender to a greater truth and be devoted to that. So, so the story is more complex because in the natal chart, Vesta is conjunct Pallas Athene, which I'll use the keyword loyalty and taking a stand. Those two keyword key phrases. Sorry, one's a keyword, one's a key phrase. <laughs> uh, and then also the asteroid Persephone, uh, which is asteroid three nine nine, and that's at nine degrees right next to the Pallas Athene. Persephone is about needing to abduct ourselves into a better way to do, some, do something. And then also with the true black moon Lilith, uh, the osculating apogee, not the mean position, but the true black moon Lilith uh, at 842 Pisces. So these four together, um, they're four uh, feminine goddess archetypes. They're all in Pisces. They're all retrograde. So in a bunch of lives, what I want to get at is in a bunch of lives, he will be devoted to something and he will want to surrender. He'll need to surrender. 
But it might not be the right thing. Retrograde says I might need to retool how this works. And in Pisces, I might get lost in what I choose and not know how to change my mind. So the, the, the image of him following his brother around like a puppy, the older brother, you know, who apparently the older brother having, I didn't look up his chart because this really jumped out at me, but just knowing that the older brother was a stronger personality. Um, yeah, I, you know, you want to be devoted to something. And if you have this thing in Pisces, you may crave leadership. <laughs> you may look to somebody else to tell you what is true. So the reasons that, that he gave for, for this, the, you know, this, this bombing is to, uh, apparently the, the both of the brothers agreed on this was about essentially, uh, creating collateral damage. Because of the collateral damage against Muslims in the Middle East and America's recent uh, occupations and conflicts there, so Iraq and Afghanistan. So creating collateral damage here to, you know, to vindicate or to avenge some of that stuff and to make this political point about this. Um, and so when we look at people, you know, the charts of people who do really awful things, I invite you to look beyond the reasoning and the judgment of mind, which is informed by judgment, to go and literally look at the soul's journey about what is this person learning? What is the soul trying to get this person to learn? And so uh, I always ask people to uh, just strive, to, and I always do this myself too, to really strive or endeavor to um, – Use florid language? No. Uh, really work on <laughs> letting judgments be there, but to see beyond judgments in order to accept that souls create all manner of, uh, of experiences and conditioning that then people make choices that can be destructive. We all have the capability to do awful things. So I don't do this, this analysis in, uh, you know, with a spirit of judgment. And, um, but of course, uh, I did live in Boston actually for, for a while. And I remember going to the marathon and, and, and standing not that far from where, <laughs> from where that happened. And of course I've been on those sidewalks a hundred times, uh, right, right around that area. Um, on Patriots Day, which is a holiday in Massachusetts. I, I heard on the radio today that it's actually a holiday, recognized holiday in three states. I don't know what they are yet, but definitely in Massachusetts. Um, and, you know, uh, schools are closed. Like people don't, you know, it's like a state holiday. It's a state holiday, obviously not a national one. Um, so anyway, so there's this whole political statement aimed at the culture, right? Because uh, it's not about the sporting event. It's not about the race or the marathon itself. It's really about something Americans take seriously. And, and they grew up in Massachusetts uh, after they moved here. And so they, uh, you know, they had a sense of how important, how effective that would be as a, as a statement. And of course, you know, getting quite a lot of media attention after that happened, including the cover of Rolling Stone in August later that year. <laughs> so um, you can look it up online is a, the picture of his, um, as a, doe slash puppy eyes on uh, on the cover of Rolling Stone being this bomber. Um, but this Vesta thing, you know, palace square the nodes. I need to take a stand, but I might not be sure what to do with that. Persephone square the nodes. I don't know how to grow up into taking a stand 
and being devoted to a cause. And Lilith there, um, I need to figure out the right way to color outside the lines. <laughs> uh, and I need to figure out new ways of uh, honoring instinct and behaving uh, outside the bounds and the limitations of logic and, and being in this body. So all these energies are retrograde and they're all square the south node. So he's got to, he's got to figure out the right thing to do. So, so I, I want to give you the image that he is, or at least was before all this, uh, you know, stuff has happened and he, he realizes what the cost to this behavior is. Um, but that he was devoted to his, his sense of, of, of what he was doing. Um, when we see somebody has bombed somebody, we think that person's crazy. We, we want to say that person is evil. We want to say all these things. And in fact, uh, I think we, as you heard on the, uh, on the, um, uh, show about ISIL, uh, and Eris a few months ago, uh, all about terrorism and Eris and Aries, um, if you heard about that, you can actually subscribe to the archive uh, to find that episode now uh, through tdjacobs.com. But as you heard in there, as a culture, we really need to look at how we and, and, and our ancestors, basically going back uh, over 100 years, um, how we have conceptualized and how we've treated um, Arab culture or, or specifically um, uh, Islam and, and Muslim people. And this is one of those ramifications of our – uh, of our behavior, you know, you know, these individuals made choices, but they are devoted to a cause, which is to show us the destruction we create. So, anyway, the other last, the last thing I want to say about this vestidilio is that whatever it touches, it adds. I can't believe I got to this whole thing and forgot to mention this word. It adds a sense of religiosity with what it touches. So look in your chart to see where Vesta is and what it's doing, and understand there's a sense of religiosity to it and uh you know you this thing of i take this so seriously you probably can't reason with me (laughs) you know if somebody at that at that dinner party said to me um tom lighten up the the guy was just trying to make small talk and i would legitimately have a hard time saying oh sure ha 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 you know because I take it seriously, like we can't reason with the Vesta within us. So it's really important that we, we align it in the right direction and that we can um, really work with it in a humble way is very important. So thanks for joining me for this show. You can subscribe to the, the iTunes uh, podcast. You can um, rate and review. It really helps. You can subscribe to the archive through tdjacobs.com. And, um, yeah, write me uh, – go to my blog and read the post about entering the drawing every month. The last Wednesday of every month uh, is going to be uh, the winner of a, uh, a, a drawing you can enter to get a free a live on-air reading on anything you want. Uh, you can email me at tom at tdjacobs.com with uh, TSJ monthly drawing in the subject. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me. Uh, take care and have a great week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.